Everybody's excited today. Man, we've had a good day already. We could go home now and just be all happy. Man, when you got baptisms and feet are flying up in the air, you've had a baptizing. Man, I love that. Feet flying. We're going to make that a rule from now on. If your feet don't come up, you got to go down again. How about that? Can we, we don't vote on much, but can we vote on that? All in favor of that, say aye. All right, we just voted. So if you get baptized in the future, it's going to get much more serious. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love, too, those last two boys with the, the flying feet boys there. I baptized their mama when she was not much older than them. Oh, is right. I'm old. I'm old. Good Lord. We're talking about bold moves. Anybody ready to be bold for Jesus and bold for what you believe? If you're going to do it, just do it, right? Go big or go home. If we're going to be Christians, let's be Christians, all right? Let's not worry about what people think, what people say, none of that stuff. We're going to be bold in our faith in 2024. We're going to be who God's called us to be. We're not going to be arrogant jerks about it, but we're going to be bold in our faith. We're going to be uh, joyful Christians in our world, and we're going to be very bold about it. We've learned in this series, we're concluding it today, but we've learned in this series, number one, we're going to serve boldly like the three friends who brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus and he got healed. We're going to serve boldly. We've learned to be like Joshua when he prayed for the sun to stand still until the battle was finished. We're learning to pray boldly, and I love seeing you guys pray boldly. We said this, we've said it every week of this, we don't say I will pray, we say let's pray. That means if somebody said, will you pray for me, the time to pray is when? Right now, wherever you are, just stop and say a prayer. You don't have to take over the whole room. You don't have to shut down the factory. You can just get with them and in a, in a very considerate way of those that are around you, say a prayer for them. And you guys are doing that. When I'm coming in and going out and in between services, I'm seeing you pray for each other boldly. We've learned to serve boldly. We've learned to pray boldly. Today, we're going to learn to give boldly. We're going to talk about generosity today. Now, I'm not afraid to talk about generosity. Well, maybe a little bit I am today. A lot of people have the idea of when you go to church, all they talk about is money. And it never fails. I talk about giving at least once a year. And I tell pastors, I tell pastors all the time, I coach a few pastors, and I say, they ask me, how do you raise up such a generous church? Well, you have to challenge people to generosity. You do. And you need to hear about this at least once a year. And I, and I tell pastors all the time, they say, if I preach on giving, somebody's going to get mad about it. I say, it'll be the people who don't give that get mad. Nobody's going to stop giving because you talk about giving. In fact, your givers are going to get so happy about it that you'll tell a giving story. And before you get to the back of the church, you'll have two or three people stop you to tell you a better story than you just told about what God did for them. I preached this message on Thursday night. In fact, we have Thursday night service. We would love for some of y'all to come on Thursday night. <laughs> we would just love it. If some of y'all could just get a hold of that Thursday night, it's the same service, same message. And uh, I say even crazier stuff on Thursday night than I say on Sunday morning. Because that's my test audience. If it doesn't work, I don't bring it here. Anyway, <laughs> on Thursday night, I preached this message about generosity. And I, I walked out here, and before I got three rows deep, I'd already heard two stories of people saying, Pastor, I got a better story than yours. Because generous people love it when you talk about generosity. I'm not afraid to talk about it because this is such a generous church. And I'm just encouraging whatever is something that's already happening. 
So if you get mad this morning, maybe you need to be made mad a little bit. We don't love making people mad, but if you need to, it's okay to be mad. If you're kind of somewhere in the middle and you're not yet committed to a lifestyle of generosity, maybe you just need this challenge and encouragement. And I'm going to tell you, if you take this challenge, it will absolutely change your life. It will change your life forever. Now, I believe godliness and generosity go together. I truly believe that. If you're a godly person, you're going to be a generous person. Psalm 37 says it this way, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Godliness and generosity go together. Research shows that what Psalm 37 says is absolutely true. Research shows that Christians are 40% more likely to give to charity than those who are not Christians. This is even bigger. Those who attend church regularly are 75% more likely to give to charity than those who don't. Being a godly person involves generosity. We're going to look at one of the most staggering, really, stories of generosity. It's a story that makes me rejoice, and it's precious. It challenges me, too, and makes me mad in a way. It's a story of a widow who came to the temple and put everything she had in the offering plate, and Jesus saw it. Here it is, Mark 12, 41 through 44. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins, and Jesus called his disciples. I love this. Jesus is watching this scene, and this poor widow comes and drops two coins in, and Jesus says, hold everything. Guys, come over here. I want to tell you something. He called them and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Jesus noticed this gift. And that's the first thing I want you to see is this, is that Jesus watched their giving. He sat down by the collection box and watched what people were putting in. Some uh, very rich people came and put big bags of money, and Jesus noticed that. Then this poor woman came, and she just had two small coins, and she dropped them in. And Jesus watched. Do you know that Jesus watches our generosity? He sees everything. He knows everything. But do you know Jesus is especially attentive to acts of generosity? He said this at one time. He said, no one will give a child even a cup of cold water in my name without there being a reward for that in heaven. He watches our giving. Now, now, why would Jesus watch our giving? Well, God's not broke. God does not need your money. In fact, it's all God's money anyway. Ownership is just kind of a human construct down here. We're not owners of anything. We're simply stewards of what we have. And everything that we have in our hands, our name may be on a deed, money may be in a bank account with our name on it, but guess what? You will not keep that. You have a time period on earth, maybe 80, 100 years, that you get to be a steward over that. That is, you get to manage it for good purposes and hopefully for God purposes. But after you're gone, that money's going to go to somebody else. The truth is, God owns it all, and he can move it around wherever he wants to move it. If you need money, God can get money to you. 
He did this all the time in the Old Testament. Prophet would be somewhere needing food, and he'd send ravens to him to bring food. God owns everything, and God can get it wherever he wants. God is not broke, and his people are not broke. The church is not broke. I'm not telling you this this morning because we need your money. God's able to give us whatever he wants. That's not why Jesus watches. If you've seen the meme, it's kind of funny. It's a really old uh, picture of Jesus in art, and they've got him leaning around a corner saying, I'm watching you. I don't want you to get that opinion. Jesus is not looking around the corner to catch you and doing something wrong. And he's not looking at you to point a finger at you and say, shame on you. He's watching our generosity, and here's why. Our giving says a lot about our heart. He cares about the condition of our hearts. And how we give says a lot about our hearts. If you want to find out about a person, look at their accounts and see where they spend their money. Bible said where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. So wherever you put your money, your heart's there. Now if you were to look, if, uh, if we were able to look at your bank account today and put all your expenditures up on the wall, some of you might be embarrassed. But here's what I can tell you. If we put all your expenditures up on the wall, we would know so much about you. We would. We'd know where your heart is. Now, if you were to look at my expenditures, you would see that I love food. You would see Sam's Club and 85% of it's food, right? You're going to see restaurants. You're going to see bacon. Where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. How many of you budget on a regular basis? Can I see your hands? You, you live by budget, all right? That's, not, that's a good thing. Raise your hand up high. How many of you feel like you should start living by budget a little more than you do now? We're actually really going to help you big time by the end of this service. Do you have an area of your budget that's hard to control? Food. Food. I love to go out and eat. I love to hang out and eat. I love food. My money tells you where my heart is. I like books. My book budget is hard to control. I love to read. I've got stacks of books on my nightstand right now. I've got stacks of books in my office. And my wife wants to start this rule. <laughs> Not to buy a new one until I've read the old one. It ain't working. <laughs> if you know me, you know that I love to buy clothes. You know what a clothes person I am. <laughs> All the visitors don't know what we're laughing at. This is very odd for me. I don't like clothes. I don't like to buy clothes. I, I buy one outfit and wear it all the time. In fact, that's what I do. So simple. I feel like money spent on clothes is wasted. I just offended 15 people in the room. are like, no, I heard visibly, no, no. Why do you need three shirts, one black polo and some jeans? You're good to go. It's easy. You'll find my heart is not tied up in clothes. This is as spiffy as I get. And my, my wife likes this. So once in a while you do this, right? I can tell you honestly, and, and I'm not trying to brag on me, but I'm going to give you a testimony from us. 
If you looked at our finances, you would know we love Jesus. You would. From the very beginning of our marriage, when my wife and I got married, we, we had nothing. And uh, we, we moved here from Honduras. I met her there, and I was a missionary there. And we moved here, and we had almost nothing. And we started pastoring a very wonderful but very small church. And uh, they weren't able to pay us very much. They paid us what they could, but we had very little. How many of you remember when you first got married and you did not realize how broke you actually were and you were so happy because you got married but you were broke at the same time but you were happy because you were married and starting a life. I know what it's like to go to the grocery store with a calculator. I do. Have you ever walked down the aisle with a calculator in your hands? It feels a little shameful but I'm like, can we afford that? And then you got to figure the tax in because, and I know what it is too. To get up to the cash register and not have enough to pay for it and have to put something back. Anybody know what that's like? That's like the walk of shame to have to go take it. I know what that's like. We've made it on very little before, but you know, we made a decision when we got married that we were going to tithe. If you're not familiar with the concept of tithing, this is not a legalistic thing for us. This is a joyful invitation that we invite people to. We don't compel them to, we invite them to. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, tithing is mentioned. And God said in the Old Testament that 10% of our increase, the first fruits of our increase, 10% of it belong to him. They're his. And we decided when we got married, when we get paid, 10% of that's going to Jesus before we spend anything else. We're not going to wait till the end of the month to see what's left because nothing will be left. We're going to put him first and we're going to give to him first. And I want to tell you, God has blessed us so much that I don't have to go with a calculator anymore. In fact, I have to curb my spending on food from time to time. But I still remember those days. Here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to be rich to give. You just have to have a rich heart. If you have a rich heart, blessing can come your way. You can have a whole lot of money and be broke. Early on, we decided we were going to give 10%. And I'll tell you what happened to us. We, uh, we were driving down the road about eight years ago. We were listening to a message a guy was preaching on generosity. And we just looked at each other, and we knew God was speaking to us. My wife and I have an incredible relationship, but when it comes to giving, we're on the same page. We have a hotline to heaven, and we hear from God together. I looked over her. I said, uh, is God saying anything to you? She said, yeah, you too. I said, God's speaking to me to increase our percentage. She said, me too. I said, how much? She said, 12%. I said, 12%. I'm going to tell you, we've been married next year, or wait a minute, this year will be 30 years in July we've been married. And for, you don't have to clap, we made it. <laughs> clap for her. She put up with a whole lot. Clap for her. Go ahead. Uh, thank God for her. But uh, we've been married 30 years. You know, we, it's almost a game to us now when it's time to give, like Christmas offering or something. We'll say, sneak off another room, write it down on a piece of paper. And we'll bring the paper back, flip it over. It'll be the exact amount to the penny. That's never failed us in 30 years. 12%. We started giving 12%. Now, I'm a penny pincher. I'll go to Sam's and I'll go through the chicken. And I'll buy the one that's 11.53 instead of 11.75. I'm basically a budgeting wizard here, you know. Kind of a penny pincher. I want to make sure it goes right. But you know, every time God's called us to increase our giving, it has not been accompanied with fear. It's been joy. A couple years later, we're riding down the road again, listening to another message. I got to quit this. I looked over at her. We said, 
15, isn't it? I said, yep, yeah, 15%. So for the last three years, it's been 15% for us. And I can't tell you what joy that brings in my life. We sit down at the start of every year and calculate how much we're going to take in. We take our gross, and we just do 15%, divide it by 12, and every month that goes out before anything else. I don't say that to brag. I say that to say how good God has been to us. It's my testimony of how good God has been to us. And we just see blessing coming all the time that enables us to bless people more. Some years ago, forgive me if you've heard this story, but a guy handed me a, an Outback gift card for $100. He said, Pastor, I want you to go to Outback. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I like me some blooming onion. You can buy a lot of blooming onion for $100, folks. You're living large at that point. I was ready to go to Outback. Made one mistake, though. My son was playing baseball in Little League up in Fletcher, and it was the last game of the season. And the, the coach got up and was tell, thanking us for letting him uh, – work with our sons, you know, or children, and uh, the Lord spoke to my heart, said, give the coach that Outback card. <laughs> there goes my blooming onion. But, you know, I've learned over the years not to argue with God too long. And so I took the card out and uh, gave it to the coach, Left with my head hanging, no blooming onion for me tonight. I've told you before, obedience with an attitude is still obedience. Still works. Gave the coach that Outback card. Let me tell you what happened. This, I'm not making this stuff up. The next week, somebody gave me another Outback card for $100. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me to give it away again. Can I, can I testify to you today? Five times. Five times. And people did not give me $100. They gave me a $100 Outback card five times in the space of a couple months. The fifth one, as soon as I got it, I went straight to Outback. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> That's the truth. I'm sorry to tell it, but that's the truth. <laughs> Got to tell you the good and the bad, right? And then they stopped coming. <laughs> Can I tell you I'm part of a generous church? Can I tell you I'm a part of a church who gives generously? You know, we as a church give away 25% of our income every year. We give away 25%. Last year, y'all gave so much, we gave away 30%. It was a couple thousand dollars short of 30% we gave away last year. When you give here, you're giving to support the work of the Lord here. You're giving to support 25 strategic ministry partners right here in our community, 15 missionaries around the world. God's blessed us in such a way at Christmas, we were able to give $325,000 to fight human trafficking around the world. That ministry was so blown away. They started looking for us that day to find out what great church gave that amount of money. And wouldn't you know it, the day we gave it, our website went down for three days and they couldn't find us. <laughs> they thought it was a scam. <laughs> Upward Christian Fellowship doesn't exist, but they're trying to send us $325,000. They went on Google Maps to find us and they remarked, somebody remarked and said, 
it's just a little church out in the middle of a bunch of apple orchards. <laughs> they saw our building and didn't realize we have 10 million services a weekend just to get everybody in here. <laughs> Giving is so much joy. This woman came, came into this room, and it was a beautiful room, and there were offering boxes all around, and there were 13 of them to be exact, and they were shaped like trumpets. They gave into individual boxes determining, depending on what they were giving to. One was a temple tax, another one was an offering for the poor. This woman came and put her offering in the box to help the poor. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. This is a woman who's only got two coins to her name. It's her last offering and she gives it to the poor. I'm thinking she should have taken some out. Right? Jesus looked at that, and, and here's what I want to tell you. Here's, here's bold giving. Here's what impressed Jesus. It wasn't the amount of the offering that impressed Jesus. It was the percentage that people gave based on what they had. It was the percentage. The percentage mattered to Jesus. I mean, you think about it. If you're receiving this offering, the one that blesses you most is the rich. Right? If you write a check today to Upper Christian Fellowship and it's a million dollars, you're going to hear me holler. But we get used to people giving 10 or 15 or 25 Jesus is not impressed by amounts. He's impressed by what we give based on what we have. And he told the disciples, these rich people here are giving from their surplus. They're giving just what's left over, and they're only giving a tiny amount. But this woman's gift was all she had. Now, her gift was nothing. Her gift was 164th of a denarius. A denarius in their day was a coin that represented the wage for one day's work. If you worked one honest day, you got a denarius. Her gift was 164th of that. I tried to calculate it out a little bit, and it's about eight minutes worth of work. That gift couldn't have done much to help anybody. What this little woman didn't know, that as she walked to give those two coins, the creator of the universe was watching her. And that her story, she had no idea that in the other side of the globe, 2,000 years later, a bunch of people would be in a room talking about her. Because she gave all that she had. Now, I might have told this woman to hold off. If a poor widow came to Upward and said, I want to give you my last $20, I would be inclined to say, keep your money and let us give you a love offering I would have been inclined to do that in fact the part of the story that just ticks me off a little bit is that they knew she was giving her last two pennies and nobody stopped her I would have thought this place look at this big beautiful rich temple they've got everything they need and woman you don't even have bread on the table Jesus himself did not stop her because Jesus knew the blessing that was about to come her way when she gave everything she had. Jesus knew 
that it was more blessed to give than to receive. God's hand rested upon the giving. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happened to this lady, but I know what happened. Say, how do you know, Pastor? I've been been in ministry, uh, September will be 30 years in ministry, and uh, I've been in pastoral ministry almost 30 years now, and I've never seen it fail. That when people give to the Lord sacrificially, He shows up. He shows up. He blessed her with a lot more than those two coins. That two coins wouldn't hardly buy her a meal. And I'll guarantee you, when we get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus this one. What happened to that woman? Just a couple days earlier, and I think this could have happened. This is one of those could have happens that I can't prove, but I want it to be this way. I know the principle's true if it didn't happen exactly this way. A couple days earlier, there was a man who was waiting for Jesus, and he was a, a wee little man. Anybody with me yet? Anybody know the song? Don't sing it. I don't need any more singing. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He climbed up in what kind of tree? Sycamore. There's the Sunday school people right there. Sycamore tree. Little man. He was a tax collector. He climbs up in a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he's short and he wants to get up above the crowd. Jesus walks by. This man's pretty hated in town as all the tax collectors were because not only did he collect taxes, he stole money from the people to pad his own pockets. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down here. I'm coming to your house for dinner. Ticked everybody off because he could have gone to a lot of the Christians' houses, but he went to the... He didn't go to the believer. He went to the tax collector. That's how Jesus does. Zacchaeus was so moved that he repented of his theft. He repented of his lifestyle. And this is what he said. He said, Lord, I commit right now, I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor. I think Jesus said, Zacchaeus, no, listen, I think Jesus saw that widow woman and said, Zacchaeus, that's her. That's what I'm thinking. Could Jesus have said, you know how you committed to give half your goods to the poor? This lady needs a house. This lady needs food. I hope it happened that way. There's some Bible scholars that have the same hopes that I do. I'm not alone in this, but I know this. No one has ever given themselves into poverty. Generosity will never lead you to be broke. Amen. Amen. But I've seen so many people who gave even out of need to the Lord. And the Lord began to turn around and bless them. And the Lord began to move in their lives. And the Lord began to bring opportunity to them because their hearts were generous. Can I tell you what we've got to do? We've got to get in the flow of what God is doing. And when we get in the flow of God's doing, we won't have lack in our lives. Doesn't mean we'll never struggle. Doesn't mean we'll never have a problem. But God is always going to show up because we get in the flow of what he's doing. And you only get in the flow of what he's doing when you open your hearts to generosity. Amen. Amen. One of the biggest problems in our world today is greed. 
Greed is a huge problem in our world. It really is. Now, you work hard for your money. I want you to earn all you can. Go ahead and say amen. Apparently, y'all don't want to get paid. I said, if you work hard and you earn a good living, I want you to have a good living. I'm not opposed to people getting rich. Can I get an amen? Rich people can bless people. Rich people can provide jobs. Amen? Nothing wrong with being rich. Amen. It is wrong to be greedy. It is wrong to gouge people for every last penny and do damage to them. Some people are greedy. They charge more than they have to charge. And the poor suffer because some people won't, and I've seen it in the United States and I've seen it around the world, where some people line their own pockets at the expense of people who are poor, and that's wrong. I believe a fair day's wage for a fair work, for fair day's work, right? When you work and you earn it. Amen. Oh, I'm going to say it now. I don't believe it's the government's job to redistribute our money. Oh, Lord. It was not in my notes. I believe that that job of ministering to the poor should happen through the generosity of God's people and not be coerced by government. Oh, Lord, that just went online. <laughs> but I believe that. I believe, oh, I'm just going, we're in it, let's just dig. <laughs> I believe a lot of problem in the world today is we're asking the government to do what the church is supposed to do. Right. Amen. Right. We're waiting on politicians to do what only godly men and women can actually do. Right. Amen, amen. Good preaching, Pastor Andy. Let's move on. Let's act like that never happened and just keep going. Greed, you know how you break the power of greed, and we're called to do that as a church. You break the power of greed by the power of generosity. Here's what greed says. Here's the statement, it's the lie of greed. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Hang on to it. Greed has a clenched fist. Generosity says, what's mine is yours whenever you need it. Amen. If I've got it and you need it, it's yours. I survived about four years ago the great toilet paper crisis here in Henderson County. I survived it. Did y'all? I survived the toilet paper crisis. Y'all remember those days when we was worried we weren't going to have toilet paper? I called up Sam's one day. said, y'all got toilet paper? They said, we got it. I was burning rubber to get the Sam. I'm going to get me some toilet paper. And I'm going to tell you something. When you buy the Sam's toilet paper, you can't hide that you've got toilet paper. It's like a walk out like this, you know. Score, toilet paper. I put it in my trunk and I went home and uh, I was unloading it from the trunk and my neighbor saw it. <laughs> oh Lord, it gets stormed. I've got toilet paper. He hollered over at me and said, Andy, score, you got some toilet paper. And God brought some words out of my mouth. His name was James and I love James, still do. I said, uh, James, as long as I've got some, you've got some. Right. Amen. I'm going to tell you that. As long as I've got food, you've got food. As long as I've got a place to stay, you've got a place to stay. 
That's generosity. And that breaks the power of greed. Here's what I'm inviting you to today. I'm inviting you to do this. Invitation of love. I want you to find out what percentage of income you give away annually. Because Jesus cares about the percentage. I want you to find out what percentage you give. This is not legalism. This is an invitation to life. Invitation to generosity. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a prayer like my wife and I prayed. God, what do you want me to do this year? You may be at 1% and God says go to 2. Everybody's like, hey, you got to get to 10. Relax. Take a deep breath. 2% is better than 1. 3 is better than 2. You may be at 5%. God says go to 7 this year. All right? I can hear the Pharisees. God would never tell them to go less than 10. All right, all right. Just... I believe improvement's improvement. Progress, not perfection. Amen? You may be at 10. God says go to 15. God may tell you to go to 25. Whatever it is, listen to the Lord. And he'll open the windows of heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you something you'll never hear a preacher say. You don't have to give that whole percentage to Upward. You ain't heard that one before, have you? We're not the only place in town. We're not the only need in town. I will say this. If you attend Upward regularly, and this is your church, I'm going to challenge you and invite you to consistently give something every month. Because radical generosity is not just about giving to a big need at the end of the year. Radical generosity is consistently giving to the work of the Lord. And y'all do that so well. But if you're here today and you don't, I want to challenge you. Amen. To be consistent. I want you to ask God what you're supposed to give away this year. And give it first. You'll see the windows of heaven open. He's opened them up for us. We've got a building project coming up. And we're going to be sharing that with you and how you can help. And how you can help is give. Since we gave that offering at Christmas, I'm not making this up, we have grown by 200 people. If you're new to Upward, your neighbor probably is too. Because when you give, God pours out blessing that you can't contain. We're trying to figure out where to put all these people. And we're going to build. We're going to expand. And we're going to be sharing that with you. Now, to end today, I am going to quit. How many of you said you like to budget? Well, how many said you do budget? I don't know if anybody likes it, but how many do budget? Can I see your hand? You live on a budget. I love it. Love it. How many of you need to start budgeting and you could do a better job? Go ahead and raise your hand up. It's all right. We are giving you a free gift today. Anybody heard of Dave Ramsey? Anybody heard of Dave Ramsey? We love Dave Ramsey. And uh, we're giving away today his uh, budgeting app. It's paid for. We paid for the unlimited plan, and we're going to see if they really meant unlimited today. We got the, then they do. We paid for the unlimited plan, and you can get Ramsey Plus, which includes Financial Peace University, the Every Dollar Budgeting app, and all kind of training on how to live your life financially. All you got to do is scan that code right up there. That's all you got to do. Okay, it's only going to be out there two more seconds. Three, two, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you now. I'm messing with you. Scan that, and you got it. It's yours. We've done this for the last three years, I think, and we're going to keep on doing it because we love to support people as they get their financial lives together. Okay, we're supposed to be bowing for prayer now, and i got everybody scanning up here. 
ahead. Go ahead. If you don't get that scanned, you can call our office and we can give you a code where you can have it for free. And it looks like it may not be working for some of y'all out there. If it's not working, there's a code we can give you where you can get it for free. That's our way of being generous to you and saying thank you for what you do. All right, let's pray now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for generosity. Thank you, God, that we can be challenged today to be generous for your kingdom. And I pray today to bring that to pass. Our deacons are coming. Our pastoral staff and spouses are coming. We're going to pray for you today. But I want to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed, who here today would say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. He died for me. He gave his life for me. And I just want to lay my life down for him today and give it to him. I won't embarrass you. Can I see your hand up high right now? I'm giving my heart to Jesus today. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Anybody across this building today? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you for that hand. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, I love it. How many say, Pastor, I'm ready to step up my level of generosity. I want to open my heart and be generous like I've never been before. Can I see your hand right now? Raise it up high. A bunch of hands. Pretty awesome to see. Oh, God's blessing is going to rest on you in a powerful way. I want to pray right now for those saying yes to Jesus. And I want you to pray with us. The church is going to help us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me. Today, I receive you as my Savior, as the one who forgives my sins, as the one who changes my life. Come into my heart, Jesus. Live in me from this day forward I'm your disciple I'm your follower I'm a new person today thank you Jesus thank you Jesus amen amen we celebrate that today yeah pray for us we got 85 young people in Gatlinburg right now getting touched by Jesus Christ and incredible all 85 of them's coming home in a bus this afternoon word of advice don't get on that bus it's gonna smell like 85 teenagers we love our kids so much and so thankful for them let me bless you today you ready to be blessed father thank you god thank you for the opening of the windows of heaven let me stop right here y'all ever been to a water park you ever been in one of them things where they got this big bucket hanging up on a thing and water's filling up in it and it's sort of turning and turning and turning and turning and turning and you can't wait on it to fall and whoosh, it all comes down. That's what I'm getting a picture of today. Whatever that means, it's good. I think there's a wind of heaven about to open up and the bucket's starting to sway, right? And God's about to pour out something really good, right? That's what this is. I pray, Father, for open heaven over our folks here today, over this family open windows of heaven God for blessing for power for spiritual gifts for calling for future callings for opportunity I pray for the windows of heaven to open up and bless people today I bless you in the name of Jesus now I send you out in the power of the Holy Spirit make him known everywhere you go his presence his power and his love that's your job this week love you so much be blessed we'll see you next time start a new series on breakthrough starting next week and we're going to experience some breakthroughs. Love y'all. See you soon.